0: In the darkest recesses of the little shop in Pravdy Street, in the great city of St. Petersburg, the frame stood blind. By blind I mean it carried no mirror, though once it must have been made to stand on the dressing-table of some impossibly rich and beautiful woman. It was carved in mahogany, and had at some time been lavishly gilded by master craftsmen. But its crevices collected dust now, its unsettling features dulled by time and inattention.' Old Gorakin could not remember a time when it had not stood there glowering from the corner of his little shop. His father before him told him it had arrived after the house clearance of a mad old military man, a recluse who had taken a house in the dense forest near the city. Gorikin tried to ignore it, As a child it had elbowed its way into his nightmares, the grotesque faces carved upon it looming over him and threatening, the fronds of wooden tracery wrapping themselves round his face and suffocating him until he woke, screaming. He always vowed he would sell it when the old man died, and yet when the event came and he succeeded in doing a deal it would arrive back within days, no one would tell him why, but he could guess. Today old Gorakin walked with a spring in his step. For today his grandson, still a teenager but with such a head for business, had finished a new marketing miracle. Gorakins had a website. Ah yes, a portal to the world, his grandson told him. From today his wares would not be confined to his shop, which had passed through generations, even through the Soviet era, trading quietly as an anonymous purveyor of second-hand goods, but now would be seen the world over, and his antiques would fairly fly off the shelves themselves, and riches would belong to Gorokhin and his grandson." Gleefully the old man rubbed his hands together; he dared a glance at the blind old frame in the corner. Oh, yes, he thought to himself, and you will be the first to go, and once you are across the other side of the world you will be someone else's problem, and I shall at last be free. He met the frame's blank stare and looked away hastily. It did not do to tempt fate. It made Meg's blood run hot and cold to think what they had put the old mirror through. Twenty years it had lived in the household. Twenty years of children and dogs and battering. Twenty years which had seen small three-year-olds testing to see if sandwiches could be posted through it to teenagers applying far too much make-up in front of it. It had witnessed sickness and health, a cord and blistering rouse, all human life. It had welcomed Meg as a new bride to her new home— and dispatched her daughter to her wedding after the bridal make-up was firmly in place. Aunt Meg was approaching half a century old now. Finally there was a little money to spare, and finally she had been offered the chance to make it up to her battered old mirror once and for all. It had been an antique when it was given to her as a wedding present, though with her shrewd eye she had long suspected the mirror was not in its original casting; it had arrived in a lovely warm mahogany frame which pivoted on a stand with a little drawer underneath which held all her make-up beautifully. That was before children. Gradually the frame had fallen apart under the rigours of family life. The solid frame and the drawer were long gone, but the mirror stood on the window sill in the bedroom right next to the view to the forest, and still did its daily duty. Every day Meg went out into the world having readied herself in its reflection. "'I'd like to use my birthday money to get it reconditioned,' she told her husband one day, "'and I'm going to find a new frame for it, a new old frame, that is.' When time allowed, Meg measured the mirror and began her research. She knew she wanted something Russian, something imperial.' She did not know why. It was not an easy task. She had a budget to keep to, and she even had a picture in her mind of what she wanted. Over the top, she decided, gilded, even, an example of that wonderful old carving out of the ramshackle workhouses next to Catherine Palace, an invocation of the Napoleonic, with lots of tracery, and faces. Meg wanted carved faces on her mirror's new frame. It took more than a year to find something, and Meg had all but given up hope. She would have to compromise, she sighed. She had no idea why she had settled on her strange list of demands anyhow, and then a new shop appeared on the search engines. She had not heard of Gorokin's before, but here it popped up on Google, and just weeks before Christmas, Meg's heart leapt. She clicked onto the site, and entered a search term her fingers knew by heart. Imperial Russian Mirror